This is 10 Things I Like About, a 10-minute, 10-episode podcast about unknown or misunderstood wildlife. Welcome to 10 Things I Like About. I'm Kirsten, your host, and this is a podcast about misunderstood or unknown creatures in nature. Some will find right outside our doors, and some are continents away, but all are fascinating. This podcast will focus 10 10-minute episodes on different animals and their amazing characteristics. Please join me on this extraordinary journey. You won't regret it. This episode continues Cecilians, and the seventh thing I like about these hidden gems is how they reproduce. When it comes to reproduction, most animals will reproduce in one of three ways. If you are viviparous, you give live birth to young that have developed in your uterus. If you're ovoviviparous, you give live birth to young that have developed inside eggs that are incubated in your uterus. These young are typically born with a yolk that helps nourish the young for a few days after birth. If you're oviparous, then you lay eggs that are incubated outside the body by parental warmth or substrate covering. There are animals out there that reproduce in other ways, but these are the three main ways of animal reproduction. Cecilians use two of these reproductive techniques. Of the Cecilians we know of today, they are either oviparous or viviparous. Let's take a look at our oviparous species first. Some research has been done on species in family Ichthyophidae. These species lay eggs, and their young go through an aquatic larval stage. The species studied in this particular research was found in Thailand, and individuals were observed in the wild as well as in captivity. It was actually one of the first times Sicilians in this family had been studied in situ, which means on-site in their natural habitat. Ichthyophis coteoensis was studied for three consecutive years and researchers discovered many previously unknown behaviors. When we talk about reproduction in most species, it tends to revolve around certain times of the year. Very few animals are like humans and reproduce any time of the year. Most amphibians found in tropical areas jump into breeding mode at the start of monsoon season. So one of the first questions researchers asked is whether this would be the same for Sicilians. The answer they found was a bit of yes and a bit of no. Just like other amphibians, Sicilians' breeding season was cyclical and revolved around the rainy season. But actual mating appeared to begin at the end of the dry season before the rains came and continued into the beginning of the rainy season. Egg-laying typically happened after the rainy season had already begun. When it comes to parental care, if there is any given, it is the female only. Ichthyophis coteoensis does incubate eggs for approximately three months. Toward the end of the dry season, females will begin to gain weight in anticipation of remaining in a nest to guard and incubate eggs. The average number of eggs is 37, with a range of 22 to 58 eggs laid in one nest. Larger females tend to have larger clutch sizes. The eggs are round and clear, 
so you can see the developmental stages of the young inside. The pictures they included in their scientific paper were pretty cool. The nest site is extremely important because the larval stage of this Sicilian is spent in the water. Females will choose a site with softer substrate such as sand, loose soil beneath tree roots, and sandy clay loam under grass tufts. Every nest found was between seven to nine feet from the edge of a freshwater source. The sources were varied, including standing ponds and pools, slow-moving brooks and rivers, and large seasonal ponds. Once the eggs hatch, the young make their way into the water and are on their own. Field studies and captive observations indicate a long larval period, so the chosen body of water needs to last long enough for the young to survive through this period to adulthood. This pattern of reproduction is only one option for oviparous species. Another pattern lengthens the parental care window and has been well studied in only one species, Siphonops annulatus. Unlike Ichthyophis coteoensis, the young of Siphonops annulatus do not have an aquatic larval stage. When the young of this Sicilian hatch, they remain in the underground nest with the mother. Breeding season occurs about the same time as our previous Sicilian, beginning at the end of the dry season. Females gain weight at this time and lay eggs after the rainy season has begun. This is more support for the hypothesis that Sicilian reproduction is cyclical and follows the seasonal changes revolving around monsoon season, because this pattern has now been seen in two species from different countries. Ichthyophis coteoensis is found in India, and Siphonops annulatus is found in Brazil. The observations reported in the study on Siphonops annulatus were collected over a period of 10 years and were gathered in situ and in captivity. The young of Siphonops annulatus hatch after about a month, but remain in the underground nest with the mother for approximately four months. This species practices dermatophagy, which means they eat skin. Specifically, the young eat the outer layer of their mother's skin. Part of the weight that the female gains before egg laying includes a thickening of the outer layer of her skin. This layer bulks up with nutritious fatty lipids that the young scrape off using special baby teeth that they lose when they leave the nest. In captivity, young have also been seen congregating around the mother's cloaca, which is the orifice near the end of the tail, and they're consuming a liquid. We don't currently know what this substance is, but it may be another nutritious liquid for the young. After four months of feeding on mom in the nest, the young will emerge into the world and be on their own. Siphonops annulatus lay fewer eggs than Ichthyophis coteoensis, and this may be due to the intensive parental care Siphonops annulatus provides. The last form of reproduction in Sicilians is live birth, and we're going to look at one of the most well-studied species of viviparous Sicilians, Typhlonectes natans. 
Hopefully, you remember from previous episodes that this species is an aquatic Sicilian, living their entire lives in the water. The information about the breeding behaviors of this species comes mostly from captive specimens. So this information needs to be taken with a little grain of salt, because animals always act a little different in captivity than they would in the wild. These behaviors have been seen in several different individuals, therefore we feel fairly comfortable saying this is what happens in the wild. So once again, it appears that breeding behaviors are influenced by monsoon season, but in a slightly different way than our egg-laying species. The dry season that comes before monsoon season is when Typhlonectus natans is triggered to begin breeding. Then the females will carry their young through the following rainy season and give birth when the next dry season begins. We have no proven information why this happens, but using some inference, this pattern probably provides females with more consistent access to food while they are pregnant. They carry their young for about 10 months, so it's important to be healthy and well-fed. The young are born in the dry season when waters are lower and calmer. This makes it easier for them to get to the surface of the water, and that is important because Typhlonectus natans must surface to breathe air. The young are in danger of drowning if they can't breathe air from the surface of the water. While they're growing inside mom, the young scrape a secretion from the mother's uterine wall to nourish themselves. They have small fetal teeth that help them collect these nutrients. I can't believe there is another species of Sicilian that eats its mother. The developing young also have gills, which allows the female to pass oxygen to them in utero. When the young are born, the gills are already gone or disappear within a few days. After birth, the young will begin to eat small, soft invertebrates and do not rely on mom for anything. Females are not the only ones involved in the reproductive process. So let's take a quick moment, because that's all it's going to take, to talk about what the male contributes to the next generation of Sicilians. Unlike all other amphibians that we currently know of, Sicilian reproduction is internal. Most amphibians lay eggs that are fertilized after they are laid. Sicilian males have a phyllodium, or phallodium, which is an organ that they use to pass sperm into the female through their cloaca. No other amphibian does this. With every episode I make, these Sicilians just become more and more fascinating. Whether in the water or underground, the males and females twine their bodies together, aligning their cloacas up with each other. Then the male inserts his phyllodium into her cloaca and passes her his sperm. A month after mating, eggs are laid or pregnancy indicators, such as weight gain and size growth, are seen. All of the behaviors I talked about in this episode are based on observations of a few species of Sicilians and may not apply to other species. There is so much more we have to learn about them, and hopefully we'll be able to do that in the future. Well, that's all I wrote about Sicilian reproduction, and I truly hope you found it as fascinating as I did because it is my seventh favorite thing about this unknown amphibian. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please recommend me to friends and family and take a moment to give me a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It will help me reach more listeners and give the animals I talk about an even better chance at change. Join me next week for another thing I like about Sicilians. This has been an episode of 10 Things I Like About with Kirsten and Company. Original music written and performed by Catherine Camp, piano extraordinaire.